Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is your Rad Reality Show Network. We connect you to the reality stars you love. It's February 18, 2016, and I'm Cherry Garcia. I'm happy to have you with us tonight for the Mike and the Mike show with our host, Mike Albright. He's the most avid Survivor fan ever. He's met over 430 Survivor alumni now and still working on meeting more all the time. Tonight, he's got a great guest lined up to make this a really interesting show. Trish Haggerty from Survivor Kageyan which was the first Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty season, will be here with Mike. Uh, together they will recap Survivor Korong, and I think it's going to be really awesome to have Trish here to uh, compare the two seasons. As always, fans are invited to call in at one three four seven two three seven five five zero six if you want to share your opinions or have a question. All we ask is that you press the number one key on your phone once you're connected to our switchboard. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air and you're not just listening to the show from from our switchboard. So call in and chat with Trish and Mike tonight. It's going to be a fun show. So let's get started. Here we go. Superfan, Big Mike. Big Mike, you're up. Big Mike. Hey, uh, great to be with you here on our, uh, our uh, third uh, 
installment of the season, so it's neat. It's after the first episode. We're already uh, three weeks into the show, which is a bit unprecedented for us. I think it's it was an amazing hour and a half, and I can't wait to talk about it. And I'm almost certain our guest should be right in the mix because I was just on the phone with her. So I think whenever we're ready, we can rock and roll. Sherry, how are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful. I'm so excited. The season has finally started, and um, I think it's going to be awesome that we have Trish here with us, and um, she can, you know, kind of compare, you know, the the two seasons because, you know, her being on the first season of Brains versus Beauty versus. Uh, Bron, I think it's just going to be an interesting comparison to see what she has to say about, um, you know, the two seasons and what what it's like this season compared to her season. So, mm-hmm. for sure, it's a great comparison. I hope we'll get as many guests as we can from various seasons, but the emphasis is going to be on, you know, folks that are from Kagayan for a while, just because it is a you know, there's been different types of twists, and this is the second season, but there's so many parallels, and it's interesting to cross-compare, you know, Kagayan versus this, and, the, you know, which, you know, type of tribe did better, which did worse, the personalities, uh, all that. So I, I can't wait to talk about it. So it should be a fun fun hour and a half. <laughs> I agree. I certainly agree. Now, when... um. When it first started last night, what did you think about the opening? Well, I already watched it, so it was, it was neat to see it again because I'd watched it a couple of times online. The uh, you know getting off the boat. I the biggest thing I like one of the first things I wanted to talk to Trish about is when they did this the first time. They wanted to really hype up the differences between you know the brains, beauty, and brawn, and how would they travel? And they were, they were. That was all emphasized. You know, one came on a. I think beauty came on a boat, and the brains came via helicopter because I guess that relates to a brain. And the brawn came in on a truck because they're you know rough and tumble. Well, in this season, everyone rolled up in on a boat, so uh, maybe they're all beauties to survivor this season. I don't know, but it was interesting in the 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 whole melee for items on the on the boat or the truck or whatever they're they're doing. I, that's always an interesting way to start it because they don't know each other's names. They just say, you've got the same color buff. We're working together. Grab the chicken. I'll grab the pot. Let's jump overboard. And it was just kind of crazy. And I, there's some specific notes I have on the melee on top of the boat. But, you know, some people were worried about killing the chicken, and I think some people were worried about we're going to eat the chicken. And I think Ty was – not one to anyone to eat the chicken or touch the chicken or touch the tree or touch the bug <laughs> crawling out of Jenny's ear. So I think it was interesting. <laughs> I know. For sure. There was, a, there was so much to, to get started with. Let's bring up your first guest and get her up here with you, and the two of you can start comparing the two seasons and start recapping the season. We have with us... Trish Haggerty from Survivor Cagian. Thank you so much, Trish, for calling in. You're on with Mike Albright. All righty. All right. Well, my first question is, well, my first statement is thank you so much for being 
you know, uh, the second one on this particular season from Cagayan to come on. And I think third uh, overall, uh, Cass has done it, and then Jeremiah the year this week. So just first off, thanks for, for being available and wanting to do it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having me on and having wanting my opinion. I have lots right. to say that was so much fun last night, so I'm I'm ready for your questions. Awesome. Well, I guess my first question is, um, looking back on your season that was Brands, Beauty, and Brawn, um, I guess the thing I'm always fascinated with, and I usually talk to people about it when we meet at the finale or charity, but it's just your individual journey to get on Survivor. So what was that like? My individual journey? Oh, my God. Yeah. It was, it was a long one. I mean, mm-hmm. it was. It started in um, 2000, actually, when the show wow. started. Yeah. First first and, season. Uh, so you went in for Borneo then, or uh, Australia, or? No, 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 no. Born of sort of wanting to go on the show. Oh, I got like, you. I got you. Okay. You know, like that's because the first show had come out, and I had just gotten divorced. And I started a business, and I was exhausted. I was working all the time, and some friends of mine um, rented a house over on Martha's Vineyard, which is an island off of Cape Cod. So mm-hmm. we, went over, we went over with some friends of ours, and this was what 16 years ago now. Yeah. So I was in, you know, my early 30s, and I had two really young children at the time, and I was exhausted. So off I go on the boat over to my friends, and so that weekend we got together with some buddies, and they had brought some girls, friends of theirs from Newport. So mm-hmm. anyways, everybody started talking about Survivor, and they're like, you would be the best person to go on Survivor, Trish. Have you seen that show? We had all seen it and thought it was great. It was the first <laughs> show with Trisha Cash and that whole thing. And mm-hmm. so after a couple of cases of beer, I was like, we should start playing Survivor tonight. I'm like, we can vote one of these really annoying girls that came with our buddies from college off this island in the morning. <laughs> For sure. And it, felt, and it felt so good, so we didn't end up voting them off, but we ended up ignoring them for the rest of the weekend, and that felt great. But that's how it all came about. And then I put in a tape shortly after that, and they okay. called me back. And then they didn't call me back. And probably like four times out of seven tapes, they called that somehow they had contact with me, and then the last time they actually took me. So it was a, it was a very long journey. And in, between wow. those 15, and in between those 15 years, let me tell you, like, everything that came up in my house, because I'm the man and the woman, although I should be careful of what I say on TV, because, I mean, on the mm-hmm. show, the next thing I know, I'm going to be bothered because I made that comment on Survivor. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but being a single parent and having to, like, you know, fix things when they were broken and, like, there were things that became, mm-hmm. felt like they were impossible in time. And I was like, if you want Survivor, could you do it? You know, mm-hmm. and I always sort of made myself do it. So I always kind of had that mental set knowing that I was going to go, you know? For sure. It's amazing how that the show, even when you're not a part of it, just as a fan like you were, it's amazing how uplifting and inspirational and people think it's just, you know, some cutthroat thing and people are lying and backstabbing. But there's so many, you know, good moments that, like, would, would challenge people. And it's been a huge challenge for for me, and it helped kind of transform you know, who I am today, just because it's been such a huge part of my life. I can't even imagine, you know, trying for so long and then, you know, then getting out to L.A. and then fighting to get on the spot. Were there any people that, do you see any, uh, 
evil twins or Trish type people at finals or were there similar, you know, people that fit your demographic? Did you see, or were you kind of unique uh, out there? You know, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because you can't have a conversation with anybody when you're in the finals or anything. You mm-hmm. don't speak to anybody or have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. You see us for the first time. So sort of get an idea. It's funny because I, I, LJ seemed familiar to me and of course he ended up being from Boston. Yeah. But, um, but, um, you know, you, you, yeah, that that's a question I can't really answer because you can't really tell, you know, in, in that okay. situation. Um, okay, but, uh, that's understandable. I know when I just physicality, not like personality or anything, but just like, oh, that looks like somebody that could be similar to me. But that's understandable when you can't speak. When, well, when I was when I was um, in the finals, I really liked Sarah Lucina. I loved her mm-hmm. energy, and I loved I loved Jeffrey's energy. I hated mm-hmm. Tony. <laughs> I, I even said it in my interviews. I'm like, I don't like that guy at all. And I will never, like, I can just tell I don't like his energy. Isn't that so funny? And then I ended up loving him. But Working with I, him. I, I, what, was, what, did, what did you like about him? Just that initial non, you know, nonverbal well, stuff. Well, was it just some... well, this is, it's kind of a funny story because, I, of course, I'm so honest. I had to tell him that I couldn't stand him. And he was like, why? And I was like, because, you know, like, I was still, I was trying to work the game way before we got on, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I was trying to get eye contact with people and try to get a feel for people and see mm-hmm. who had tattoos and who didn't and what they ate and how fast they ate and what they chose. And, you know what I mean? Like, I was just trying to get a feel for people yeah. non, without having any kind of verbal contact. And there was just something about his energy I didn't really like. And every time I tried to make contact, he wouldn't look at me. And I kept, and so when I admitted to him that that bothered me, he told Mm. me that he had gotten in trouble because he had spoke to somebody in the elevator and they said if he spoke to one more person or looked at one more person, he was out. So he made a conscious effort not to look at anybody. That's what he said. But now we all know what Tony's, you know. Story. His bag of tricks, he was pulling it yeah. out. He, I, I know some folks that have been in your in your area but didn't make it, and they're, they're, it's very they're hypersensitive about everything because you hear they maybe they want me to do some stuff I'm not supposed to on the rule sheet or whatever. Maybe I need to adhere to it so I don't I don't get my ass at home tomorrow, even though I'm interviewing well. So okay, <laughs> yeah. That's a, Mike. Yeah. Would you guys like to take a call from a, a fan? Sure. Uh, yeah. Before we recap, sure. I'd love to hear uh, what one of our what of one of our patrons has to say or question for Trish or I. So sure. Okay. We have Tony calling in. Tony, you're on the line. Tony. Hello. Hello. You're on. Uh, you're on, Michael and Mike. Tony, good to talk to you. What, what's uh, What's up? What'd you think of the show? Do you have a question for Trish or a comment or what's going on? Uh, okay. I don't know. Okay. Well, if the connection gets back, or if he if he presses one, he can definitely definitely come back for sure. So. <laughs> uh, Looking at this new cast, Trish, you, before even, like, watching the episode, did you have people you kind of liked or disliked or kind of neutral on? And then did that change from when you see them on actual TV? Not like in a one-minute sizzle reel, but like in the actual, how the show's really presented. 
Well, you know, it, it, it's so hard too once you've been through the process because you, mm-hmm. you you recognize that you know you might judge people and then they can be totally different when you meet them in real life. As you probably yeah. experienced since you've met every single one of them and seen every single show. That you well, know, I haven't you met every single cast member. There's a couple that have evaded me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, sorry for them. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> I think that yeah, I think that. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot we were even talking about because you, we said that. What, what was the question again? Oh, uh, just uh, just the initial reaction, even just from reading a bio or seeing like their one oh, minute so like intro video versus on the actual time. show. Okay. To be, to be perfectly honest with you, but watching the show last, I knew there was a couple of um, girls from New England coming up, mm-hmm. and um, I just kind of wanted to sort of go in not really having any kind of judgments and just sort of okay. go, you know, not having that, just see that see the show itself. But, again, you have to remember that they do film 24-7 from oh, the moment yeah. you step on that island to the moment you go off. So they edit it, you know what I mean? So there's always things that you don't know that happen too, you know? I fully, I fully, uh, yeah, 72 hours to 42 minutes with multiple cameras and splicing oh. stuff between you know, this wasn't actually on day two. This is on day seven, but we're going to make it look like it was on day two because it's more dramatic. Yeah, I wish I was more exactly. neutral. I had uh, I had, had a chance for um, Andrea Bolke at their Arthritis Foundation event. And there, I, I was – because looking at the bios, I knew there were a couple of girls that were from, you know, the New York City metropolitan area. So I was, you know, Facebook messaging Andrea, and I'm like – Hey, uh, I, I noticed there's some people that are probably close by, or are there going to be any new cast members? And she's like, immediately messaged back, like, "Who told you there's new people coming?" I'm like, Andrea, no one told me. You know, I'm a smart person. I know that you're probably not going to publicize because they're on the new season, yada yada. She's like, "Oh yeah, cool." And then she tweeted like 40 minutes later who was coming, but it was Anna, Michelle, and Julia. So then, after meeting them, it's a little hard to not be a little biased towards three ladies and there were three people from the beauty tribe. So these are, you know, women you would want to root for if you're a, a younger guy like I am. So, I mean, that, I wasn't entirely <laughs> neutral like I thought I would be. Um, so, those, you know, it's not like I right, met, no. you know, Ty and I, I Scott Pollard or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, after, what are your just thoughts that, on the the boat the boat ride in and the uh, the what I wanted to ask you is that's totally different than the setup of Cagayan, which I really thought was interesting when they it was a totally different way to start the season. So your yeah, intro versus the boat thing. I was trying to figure out how they already knew that they were brain. They must have told them before that they were brain brown beauty because we didn't know we were brain brown beauty when we arrived mm-hmm. on the island. He told us and I we had no idea. Okay. So I'm not sure. They must have known because they all ended up on the same raft. And they didn't have the same buffs. So yeah, they might have been production. Might have just said you're on, you know, you're all wearing red buffs, and they may have. So the red buffs the ones, yeah. Yeah. They had to have they, because at the end they were all, you know, kind of going off together. Would you so have preferred so coming that, in in that same way, or did you like being? You were on a truck, right? Your your, your bronze oh came God. in on. So can I just tell you about the truck? <laughs> Oh, so, please, yeah, anything you can tell us, yeah. Okay, so the truck was hysterical. So Sarah, Tony, Cliff, Wu, Lindsay, myself, get on the, and myself get on the truck, 
Mm-hmm. And this truck is the biggest piece of crap you can't even imagine. <laughs> we got stuck like five times in these like mud piles. Lindsay went flying, completely wiped out, like hurt her ankle. I mean, because mm-hmm. we got stuck in a ditch. And they had to keep getting it right. So they, like, in terms of, like, the filming, so they kept making us go back and forth and back and forth. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. Where, and where we were coming up, on back in the, in the, I forgot about this, actually. I haven't thought about this in a while. But when we were coming <laughs> up, um, it was, like, in, like, this, like, little valley where, you know, people, these, these you know, people lived. And mm. they, they, these, People had nothing, and they had the cutest little kids, and they were waving to us like we were movie stars, and we kept going back and forth and back and forth, and they had no idea what was going well, on. They just kept going down this road back and forth. Like, they, those poor people, and kind of like, what the hell is going yeah. on? Yeah, but even, like, but they had, like, so 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 little that even, like, their cows looked anorexic. I'm not kidding either, mm-hmm. like, and, yep. then, and then one little boy was, one, one boy, it was, like, the brother was bringing his sister to um, school, and she had, like, her little school uniform, and he was taking her on a little, you know, moped, and they didn't have helmets. She was sitting on the front, like, you know, like we used to buck each other when we were kids on the front seats. Like, nobody does mm-hmm. that now. with helmets and everything safety. Like, it was yep. so unsafe, you know, but off they were, and I was just like, wow. And that's when my experience on Survivor really started because I was like, Wow. I forgot how lucky I really am, you know? Like, this is, like, mm-hmm. crazy. Like, these people don't know what we have, but yet they don't mm-hmm. have much, you know? Yeah. America versus the Philippines, it's crazy, the disparity. Yeah. But we didn't, but that was the only thing that we really got to see, you know, is just being on the bronze team, that was really a gift because they came in on helicopters and boats. Of course, like, the beauty tribe came in on, like, the beautiful boat, and then the brain tribe came in. On the helicopter. Yeah. And then we came in on this crappy, rickety um, truck that we almost died in on the way coming in. (laughs) And we, and we, but we got to see the outskirts of that, but everything else up until that point is completely blacked out. You have no idea where you are. You get in a, once Mm. you get off the plane, you get in a blacked out bus, you get in blacked out cars, you get in blacked out vans, everything's blacked out. You have no idea where you are unless you're in Ponderosa, on the island, or, at Tribal Council, and that's it. And challenge. Other than that, you have no idea where you are. Even the boats wow. are blacked out when they take you to the different places. You cannot wow. you have no idea where you are. Crazy. And the cloaks, did you have to wear the cloaks so you couldn't, like, so people couldn't see it? People trying to snag pictures for spoiler sites and stuff, I imagine. Or I know that you did that in older seasons where they'd literally be draped in, like, these crazy cloaks so no one could even see. People's no, but body we, did types have, or faces. we did have people that, like, were there to protect us, you know? Oh, handlers and stuff and guards yeah. and, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely, self-definitely protected. So, dramatically different intro there. So, they're on the, the traditional survivor back to Borneo. Everyone's on a big old boat and then the mat dash. I guess, what would you have grabbed first if you had the two minutes to grab stuff and jump off a boat? What would you want to grab? I mean, being out there. The thing is, is that, that, that's the thing that's so surreal about Survivor. Like after 15 years of me stepping out, and then he's like, "Welcome to Survivor, Tanya." I'm like, it was almost like I was pinching my cheek. Like everything's mm-hmm. at that moment. So here you are. You're all angst. You've been at, you've been at Ponderosa for probably 10 days. You haven't been able to speak to anybody, but you've been mm-hmm. sizing everybody up. 
you've probably just been told right before you got there what's happening. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, grab everything you want. Like, you're not really thinking unless you're, like, really on your feet like that FBI. Like, like then, unless people that have had that kind of training, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to, like, be like, oh, my God, because, like, all of a sudden you're, like, panic. Like, you get a boat and it's this. It's, like, complete chaos. I guess I, I guess I, in, in, with, with that being said, my answer would be I'd probably would go for the person I could see is try to must up as much as I thought and, like, not try to be picky, but just know that everything mm-hmm. on that boat must be, you know, island-worthy and just get it on the raft. Everything we need and maybe some of the stuff the other tribe needs. Like, we grabbed two pots already. We'll grab the other one so they can't cook or, you know, take yeah, all the machetes there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you knew, you'd be probably a little bit more masterminding. But like he said, Jeff did say at one point on during that chaos, he said, and these people have, ne- he did say they've never even had a conversation. He said that. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, like, they, think... all of a sudden, they're like, they only know each other from having breakfast, lunch, and dinner from all this travel time, but they've never had a conversation. Never. Can you imagine that? That, I so can't even they, imagine they're that. They're frantic on their boat. Not only are they looking for the stuff, but they're actually free for the first time to be like, hey, you know, like, either move Who are you? What's your name? I'm like, you know, yeah, there was little Sydney and, um, I'm trying to remember, Sydney and somebody were getting a little, maybe Neil, I think, were wrestling over like a chicken coop cage or something. I, I think I, that's who I saw kind of bumping into each other, but it was bouncing and it's crazy. I can't even imagine that to not, I'm such a lively person. I can't imagine being muzzled like that and not being able to talk to anybody and wanting to talk so bad. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Now imagine me. Yeah, I can't, yeah, the same thing. My skin was crawling. I was like, oh my God, I want to talk to that person. I just wanted to know what everybody did. I wanted to know where they came from. I wanted to know how many brothers and sisters they, I just wanted to know everything about them. But all I could do was sit and watch them read and listen to their iPod and eat and take naps because we were all stuck together. Yeah, for ten days doing and press and training and yeah, right next to each other. And every time you have to sleep in little tents right next to each other for like ten days, these little teeny tents. I can't even right imagine. Up. Wow. But you, so if I forgot something in my tent, I'd have to say just mid walk you down there. Like, a couple of times they were like, don't look at her. And I was like, I, I was just, like, pulling an ADD. I was just was out in space. I wasn't necessarily looking yeah. at anybody. You know what I mean? Crazy. I, I can't even imagine. I can't. That just, I, I wouldn't, I don't know how I would handle it. I mean, if I was there, I'd, I'd have to handle it. But I've always, I've told Sherry before and on the show before, I think Survivor could have kept its huge uh, ratings numbers if somehow they showed that process, because I think people are just voyeuristic and con- curious, and even if you, the, you get your confessionals pregame, like, yeah, there's this guy, and I think yeah, I think that would be fascinating TV, but there's not enough time to get Survivor in normally, and with this hour and a half episode, you know, I, I took eight pages of notes for this conversation we're going to have, just because there was so much going on, it was it was nuts, and I liked how they, as they're getting off the boat, they cut to these confessionals, and the funny thing was they it's something I've never seen before, but Debbie is so involved with so many jobs. I saw people posting it today on Twitter and Facebook. 
it was like Debbie, and then they'd have one of her jobs. And then next time Debbie was on the screen, it was another title screen. So it, <laughs> instead of just saying whatever she is, it was like, you know, all of her jobs. And she had one of the biggest opening quotes. Um, and I think she's really trying to sell herself as maybe more than just a brain. I don't know. But she said, uh, puzzles laid down for me like lovers. And I just found that one fascinating for anyone to say. Yeah, she said in her opening confessional that puzzles laid down for me like lovers. And that was on what they had shown before the episode aired. It was the same five-minute reel. And I was telling my friends, like, can you believe, like, that's just a soundbite that the editor had to be like, well, that's going in episode one because it's just – the the bravado she had and how confident and I guess you got to be confident to be on a show like Survivor. Almost everyone's a Type A personality, but you know no one could say more great things about Debbie than Debbie. So that was my first reaction was wow this lady is a talker and she's going to be an intense presence on the Brain Tribe. So I well, guess my I bet she thought about that and and couldn't wait to get on there to say that. Oh, that had to be a canned line, I would imagine. I, I imagine <laughs> some of the, the big characters have to have, like, they're not going to bring one, but a list of, I'm going to say this at some point during the show. So, <laughs> you're Rob Sussurino sure. types. <laughs> I, I just don't think that came out, like, spur of the moment. I think that yeah. was the line she had planned. <laughs> I just do. Well, you also, she's wearing a tiger one-piece bathing suit so I, I think she's it's a calculated presentation of of who she is so that was the of first many jobs <laughs> yeah and like when I have spare time I'm also a server at Red Lobster and I'm like is that true or is she trying to get some free uh those biscuits that they have at Red Lobster I don't know if she's doing a Sandra angle where she says I love Outback Steakhouse you know, Debbie's stepping it up a notch. Like, I work at Red Lobster, so, you know, give me some free stuff. You know, give me that commercial. Uh, and then they went to – the next one they went to was Scott, who with a similar – so I guess every time they do Braun Brains Beauty, somebody from the NBA will be there. So I I didn't know I'm – I'm more into the NFL, and I didn't really I, – once I saw Scott's pictures, I knew. But did you guys pretty quickly figure out what the cliff was? Some sort of a professional athlete, or did you guys know who he was? Or I mean, was he? I know he wasn't very open at first about who he was on on your season, Trish. Well, I didn't know. I'm not. A, I don't follow basketball at all, to be perfectly honest with you. So I mm-hmm. really didn't know. But there was an incident when we were on, you know, lockdown in the airport in the Philippines, and this guy walked up to him, was like trying to say something to him, like he totally recognized him. Ah. Uh. They kind of pushed him away, and I kind of like made a mental note. Like he thought he was something. I go, maybe he thought he was a basketball player, and then I thought to myself, well, maybe he is. Mm-hmm. But then we got on the, and I didn't recognize it. But then as soon as he said he was on, you know, as soon as they sort of sussed him out, um, Wu and Lindsay were like, and then Lindsay was like, oh, I love basketball. I'm a big, I'm a big basketball fan. And that's how it sort of came about, you know. So they, they, but I did, I really didn't know. Okay. And he's not like, you know, since either of the guys, but they're not like Michael Jordan or somebody that, uh, 
uh, somebody that doesn't even watch it, you know, basketball, like, hey, aren't you Larry Bird or, you know, Magic or Mike? Right, which they, I would have absolutely yeah. recognized right away. But, I mean, I don't follow basketball on a regular basis. And so, yeah, that didn't – it didn't – but I mean, obviously he fit the bill. He was literally six foot ten. I mean, he was like twice the size of him. Mm-hmm. Big, big guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was enormous. Yeah. Yeah, he's taller than Scott's. Even thicker and stronger looking. Tony, he had to go. I'm like Tony. Do you remember the story of the abominable snowman and the little and red nosed reindeer? I'm like, yeah. he's the abominable snowman. And we're sitting on that demented island, and we're next. He's got to go. Yep, he's like, <laughs> too big of a threat, literally. So. He, he, he couldn't have been more of a threat physically. Even if he was the nicest guy on the planet, he was still a threat that we could end with the NBA. And we, the way that Lindsay and Wu was so, like, starstruck. yeah. When mm. we make the merge, how many more people are going to be starstruck and think he's so cool and this, that, and then I'm like, he's got to go before he... he can you know what I mean? Influence any people with this status? Plus, you can look for high <laughs> idols if they're hidden up in a tree. You can just reach up and get it. Everyone else has to climb the tree, or you know, woo, fall out of it. So you gotta get rid of him as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of unfair that they put professional players of any type on Survivor or The Amazing Race. I just do that. That's just my personal opinion. Simply because they they have that following and it leaves open that follow that that fan base for them. So mm-hmm. on Survivor there could be fans within the tribes to yeah. show yeah. them oh, well, that's what partiality. I no question about that. Like they were like Wu that's why him him and Wu bonded so quickly because Wu had seen knew all of his stats and had a couple of his baseball cards when he was a kid because he fell into that time frame. There was a there was a a huge um, connection made right there over that, mm-hmm. you know. Unfair advantage for sure. To yeah. me, that, plus they they you know they're physically you know they've been you know working out in a different way than normal people do for their career. Yeah. And. To me, that's just unfair. And and then, like, for the Amazing Race, like, they put um, the basketball players that, what are they called, that go around the world? Um, oh, the Globetrotters. Globetrotters. Yeah, those, the Globetrotters. Yeah, yeah. And they go around the world. Those people get, you know, notoriety from countries all over the the world. And to me, that was really unfair because they get recognized in countries all over the globe and you know they could get off a plane in countries we don't even know about and people are going to know them and I'm telling you right now when I tell you the clip was he's 6'10 I'm 5'7 he was 6'10 6'10 like he could be the biggest dork on the planet but he was still 6'10 15 inches or no, 17 inches taller than you. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. And, and, yeah. and Tony wasn't that much taller than me. If anything, I was Tony taller than Tony. Yeah. You, 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 I mean, look at go back and look at the pictures. It's hysterical. Because I was little, Sarah's little, Lindsay's little. Yeah. 
I just think there's an unfair advantage there in it a couple of different ways. And I don't like it when they, even the baseball player that they put on Survivor, I think it's just unfair. They've made their money in professional sports, and I think it's unfair to put them on Survivor. Let the average people play, you know. There's I, thousands I, I, I support thousands your cinema. Here's the thing is that there's no such thing as fair. They should, yeah. shouldn't even be a word in the dictionary because there is no such thing as fair. Nothing is fair. And yeah. I can tell you this. I'll go one step further. There's definitely nothing fair in Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Survivor, yes. Yeah. You know? It could be a favorite right. of the executive producer. They could have been somebody that the whole season's supposed to be built around. And I think it's more detrimental to, for professional athlete and least survivor because you're just on the island with production. So I think it's going to make you more of a target. I can, I'd can i see that more in, like, the Amazing Race if you're trying to do a, a, some sort of challenge somewhere and you're a globetrotter and people are going to want to try to help you versus some random, you know, farmers from Nebraska or cheerleaders from wherever. But I, I see that. But on Survivor, I think it's more of a threat. I, I think it puts a more – as a target, and no professional athlete's gotten really far. You know, the closest I think is Jeff Kent. Everyone else is like usually a pre-merge kind of boot, I think. Any, you know, of at least can I, can famous I tell athlete. you why my my opinion is why that is? Yeah. Okay, so, and I'm and I'm not I'm not fishing on Cliff by any means. I'm just using his profile because it was the experience I had with him. Mm-hmm. But imagine. Imagine Cliff. At 16 years old, he was probably six foot seven. Yeah. Okay. So, and he was an athlete. So from that time on, they were like, look at this guy. You know, like, we can make him. And then from that moment on, people are carrying your bags, and people, are, mm-hmm. they treat you different. And, and and it's not necessarily their fault. It's society's fault because we buy into that that's what. Like, you know, what we, we think is a superstar mm-hmm. is somebody that's a great athlete, which they are on some levels, but, you know, our heroes are really the people that are going over and fighting for our freedom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, for sure, yeah. And, you know, and, and so we put these people on pedestals and we carry their bags and we want their signatures and we we have their their cards and we mm-hmm. think they're cool, but it's just like everybody else. They're human yep. beings, and they they have their whole their own human being experience and their own own human being bag of crap. And so yep. when they get on a place like Survivor, like you, then you meet somebody like me, and like I'm not going to carry your bags whether you're the president of the United States or you're the custodian sure. of the elementary school. Like carry your own. Yep. Bag, you know what I mean? And you got arms grabbing and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> they're not prepared for that because everybody else has been kissing their ass their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And so they're put in an environment where, like, now all of a sudden I'm either the top gun or I'm not. And I think that people just get, like, you know what? Like, it's almost like an ego thing. They can't, mm-hmm. they can't ease into the real human experience because they haven't had to. Certainly they have an advantage. I mean, I, I could see on the race maybe, but in a, in a setting like Survivor, yeah, I, I think they're. I don't think there's an advantage, and they can't really adjust to that. And that's going to put them as an outcast. I think any scenario, unless it's somebody super, super people that want to connect to or something, I don't see. 
And I think God, even I, coming back, I think even coming back as an old cast member like Rob, yeah, for example, yeah, yeah. coming back, I think that puts you at a disadvantage. Everybody knows, yeah. he, you know, everybody knows he is who he is, and that's yeah. like, does that make him? I mean, it's unbelievable that he did as well as he did moving forward. Because as far as I'm concerned, somebody like that should be the first vote out. And they should be, but they never are unless it's Russell. Every other time that there's only been like two returners. You know, they go deep like Coach or Scoopin or, you know, Rob, but then you get Ozzy even, but then oh, Russell, they, they took care of Russell at least, which was good, poetic justice a little bit. But <laughs> um, Scott Howard, who who they talked to next, this guy is just, I didn't recognize him either, but he just doesn't, he just seems like a big guy. I don't really think basketball. I see him. This dude is huge. Like, Cliff's a big guy, too. But this guy's stronger, heavier, an inch taller. And when he talked, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, old James Bond movies in the 70s, but Jaws, yes! the guy with the, the, guy with the metal mouth. Oh, my God. Yeah. driving me crazy like the eagle. What the hell was that guy's name? Death. Yeah, then when he when he, when he laughed, I'm like, it was that was the laugh and the talking. Like, is this is, did the editor dub that? Is that really Scott's voice? He sounded like he sounds almost. I I I saw I you're at, I, yeah. <laughs> that is it. That was it was Richard Keel, yeah, Richard Keel or whatever the dude's name is. But I was like, oh my god, they resurrected him from the seventies and he's here. This big. I'd be scared. Like if if Scott was in my for the first, I'd be like, yeah, dude, let's let's do whatever. I would. That's not somebody you want to pick a fight with, and he's he's gonna be a brute. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. The guy was huge, and he used to wear like a black and white suit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you know, helping out some little guy that he's working for as the henchman. But he was crazy. He was talking about. Um, I see my world I don't even know if I have a sound bite from it. It was just the way he was talking. It was just amazing. And then they went to Jason, the bounty hunter, and that guy, you know, has a unique look. And just thinking bounty hunter, that just, you know, you know, I see a bartender every now and again. I've never inter- encountered a bounty hunter like Boba Fett on a, you know, ship in Star Wars. Like this dude hunts down people for a job. And he looks pretty, you know, he had the gauged earrings and the tats and the big beard. And he's just like, the guy looks intimidating. And he's he's like, I'm out here for my paycheck. And I, I, I appreciated that, like, the intensity he had immediately. Yeah, but you know what, though? i got to be honest with you. I don't think he fooled me. I think at the deepest, he's kind of, I think he is a badass. But I mm-hmm. think at the end of the day, he's going to end up being a sweetheart. Because I saw his face. When that when that guy the, what was the guy, gentleman's name that got voted out last night? Oh, Darnell. They all got the emotional. Yeah, he, he's not as cutthroat as he was letting on. He particularly related to that, and I could see that he had a really soft side right there. So and I his girls he mentioned. So yeah, he's got to turn it on and off, probably. So. Yeah, I think he's like a Tony because Tony was a badass, but Tony's a marshmallow all day long. You know, in I, his own uh, way. I fully understand that because I'm, <laughs> I'm similar to that. I don't have that tough veneer, I don't think, but I'm definitely a softy, so I, I feel their pain. <laughs> and then they went to the beauty tribe, and then I, I loved Anna, the professional poker player, and she's talking about how she's going to manipulate the men, 
And she says if somebody's staring at her boob, she's going to push them up a little higher just to use and all that appeal. So, Oregon. Yep. They had a similar uh, body, so less prone to drowning. So, yes, I, I see the similarity as well. Uh, so she was cool, and I noticed her, so I was like, that's a cool line. And then Nick, my God, I had watched his intro video and read his bio, and we talked about it last week, but I've never seen somebody as confident and cocky. And in and and 32 seasons, I can't even think of anybody. Just the way he just talks, and I don't know if you, if you didn't see the intro, you don't know what I'm talking about or the bio, but no, just I the way he – No, I didn't see the bio, but I saw the – show the other night when he's like, yeah, I'm going to get by on my looks and I get by on my looks. And I, you know, I thought to myself, you know, I hope at the end of all of this, he he was humbled by his experience because mm-hmm. that, to me is, that to me is like so sad. I think, I think some of that's genuinely, he's, he actually means that. And I think some of that is he's intentionally doing that to be funny on TV. I think there's, I think it's a, duality there. I don't think he's, he's all just a model that's saying that crap. I think he's actually saying it to get a response out of people. That's just my take. I don't know. I well, don't this, think it well, seems... Well, based on human behavior that I think I'm pretty good at, I would have mm-hmm. to say that not many people would genuinely like like that kind of... Um, it, I mean, yeah. it's one thing to be... It's one thing to be like, you know, like, oh, I, you know, yeah, I've run some marathons and yeah, you know, I've been... I've been involved in this, but but to sit on the beach and say, yeah, I'm really good looking, and that's how I've always gotten by, and that's how I've get by. I think to myself, wow, I wouldn't want to be you in your rocking chair when you're 80, looking back on your life, buddy, because you're going to miss out a lot. But he did say in his confessional too, not like I don't think it was to the tribe, so it's more to the camera. So that's why I just gauge it differently. But I I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but I kind of. I, I like the entertainment value, but I didn't like the human being. He was a being, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I appreciate it from a TV perspective, but when I meet him, I hope he's not, like, rude and, like, please step away because I'm Nick and I'm beautiful. Like, if he – I'll see how he is in the finale. Who knows? He may be really cool. He, he may not be. I won't know until May. <laughs> well, you may not, but I can tell you this, in all the cuts, of the 72 hours of whatever, mm-hmm. of even um, Jeffra, who I think is probably one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen, like, in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. beautiful from dawn to dusk, just absolutely stunning. Yep. You'd never, ever, ever hear those words <laughs> come out of her mouth. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jeremiah is far more beautiful Jeremiah? and Jeremiah's and Jeremiah's more handsome Jeremiah's than Nick is. Yeah. He's stunning. He would he wouldn't even tell you he was a model. Not in a million years. I couldn't even yeah, Not he wouldn't even want to talk about it. Years. Yeah. So and he's yeah. more humble too, yeah. And this guy doesn't yeah. have that so at all. Is, so you can be beautiful and you can keep your mouth shut because people have eyes and they can see. I, I don't like him. I don't even say it like that. I like the bravado. I think it's interesting. It's not like I'm pulling for Nick by any means. I just thought it was interesting. So I don't want to be like, well, I, I think Nick's cool. I really like that girl. And she was like, oh, she was feeling bad because she looked ugly, but I liked her sense of humor. I like her. The girl mm-hmm. on the, yeah, she, I like, what's the girl with the brown hair and the, um, uh, Michelle? 
Orianna? Okay. No, Michelle, I like her. She's good. She's yeah, funny. Yeah, she's she's cool and she's funny and she seems like she can read people well. It was interesting seeing how that how they liked Ty on day one and then they all the girls didn't like Ty on day two. I thought that was interesting because the conscientious well, no, gardener. You know, inter- you know what the interesting part about that, Michael, is it can change within seconds, and that's what's yeah. so stressful about Survivor. Like, you could say one stupid thing without thinking, and then all of a sudden, everyone hates you. Yeah, you got to be on your game for 39 days. I thought it was interesting how he was so chummy, and then immediately it was, he's looking for an idol. He's public enemy number done. one. Yep. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. I hate to just go play-by-play. Play. I like just bouncing around, but... Um, so they get onto the actual, everyone's going around. And one, I, one interesting thing I thought was Ty's talking about he loves all living creatures, and he got mad at Caleb for chopping at the tree, and he was trying to protect the chicken. And I but thought that was an interesting one. tree. Well, he said to hit it once, but then he was like, well, that's enough. And then Caleb wanted to keep hitting the tree. I think Caleb and Ty are going to have a very interesting bond throughout this game from what they showed on, you know, next time on Survivor. There was uh, definitely an interesting <laughs> yeah, I think, moment I there. I think what Ty represents is that, and that was, I think is misinterpreted because we're also um, misguided in our thoughts. But people are like, why would Ty be on the beautiful tribe? And what they keep reinforcing over and over again is the reason why he's on the beautiful tribe is because he's beautiful from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And because he really does worry about the chickens, and he does worry about the trees, and he did take the time to put those yeah. things back, and he he is a heartful and kind and you know mm-hmm. person, and that's what you know that's what they threw in the mix. Like people are like oh like making fun of his eyebrows and this that, and the other thing, but that's not what his beauty brings to that tribe. It's his beauty within, and that, that's there's a variety of beauty, yeah. And that made me mad when Caleb said what he said once they were on the beach, like, you know, looking around at everyone else and why. I thought that was a very rude and insensitive comedy. I'm not a huge Caleb fan by any means, so I didn't I didn't like it either. I was just, it, it was just interesting. And he called him Mr. Miyagi, which, you know, has a little racial undertone, like, but they're not even the same, you know, type of Asian person. Um you know, just because he's an not, older guy, too, and, and then gay and Asian doesn't mean he can't be beautiful for by any means. Yeah. And I don't want to defend him, but, like, I'm somebody who's very funny, and I like to oh, – listen, I'm somebody who's very funny. No, but mm-hmm. I, 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 I tend to be somebody who's, like, quick and dry, and, and sometimes yes. I say things – and I don't mean them at all. I'm just literally saying it to, like, be funny. I've, and, I've done the same thing, Trish, so I, I fully, fully understand that. And, and sometimes you can get caught up in a situation like that where you're just, like, being lighthearted. And I'm not making excuses for you, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. that being cruel or, or making fun of anybody's characteristics. I mean, I got, I mean, Lindsay brought me through the coals when I was out there about my teeth and my voice and my mm-hmm. smile and my laugh and my body mm-hmm. and anorexic and I mean I I mean I don't think there was anything else she couldn't have picked on. Thank mm-hmm. God I'm a I'm a healthy experienced woman because if I wasn't that could have really done something to me, you know? Yeah. So like regardless of what we say, words do hurt. And I'm sure Mike you can really appreciate that. Oh, a thousand percent, trust me, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm sure. I would never be on the beauty tribe. 
I don't think. I could be on Brains, maybe, or Braun. The beauty, I don't think I'd be on the beauty tribe, so. <laughs> well, let me make you, you feel better when it first came out. You Mike. When it first came out, everybody was like, Trish, so are you on the Braun or are you on the beauty? I'm like, how come nobody's asked me if I'm on the Brains? <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting when people cut you to the core, like. Yeah, I would. I think I'd gravitate towards brains. Like I think I'd gravitate towards white collar. So I'm just thinking about where I'd be. Maybe beauty. You know, never down the road. Maybe not currently, but eventually beauty tribe. Maybe the third season, Mike Beauty Tribe. Get ready, Lynn. It's coming. So. Yeah, baby. There you go. Um, another interesting note I have is Debbie calling out Pete. Asking if the president was on the island, I thought that was a pretty clever thing. And then seeing somebody on, if you were there for, you know, during pre-production, somebody looked just like the president of the United States, that have to be an interesting talking point. Uh, Pete, I actually Pete, have to admit I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. He does look an and awful lot like And he said it's been going on for seven years, so... Yeah, I mean it's just it's not it's not to be cruel. It's just it's just an it's just an innocent, honest thing. I mean, he looks just like him. I mean, people tell me I look like somebody every day. You look just like my cousin. I'm like, I'm so glad I'm so unique looking. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but people just tend to look like people. It's just it's just the way it is. You know, I don't think she was trying to be cruel, but I do. Oh, I don't either. I think it was just uh, it was just a quick observation, I said, he, he, he played right into it, and he said, people do say it all the time. So, yeah, it was a negative by any means. Right, but uh, she's an interesting character. Yeah, I think yeah. she wanted to lop herself in with Joe just because they were older, but I think, you know, Joe, I think, can acclimate a lot better. He's not trying to ruffle feathers, and he's not, you know, doing anything. He, he already I, knows he's going to be a target just because of his age. Yeah. And I guess it's been so long since they filmed it, but his bio said he's 72, but I guess he must have changed ages because on the show they say he's 71. So he would have tied Rudy for, uh, you know, being the same age, but I guess he's a year younger. So So that found that interesting. But everyone was marking Debbie like Neil, who had a good soundbite on the next time on Survivor because I guess Neil is very, you know, Neil and Debbie I don't think are going to be buddies on the aisle. Okay, they, they I, have, to be... I have to tell you that, I don't know, right off the get-go, he's like a Spencer to me. I love him. He's yeah, like, he's very interesting and creative and crazy, yeah. He's so refreshingly funny. He's just like, he's got a really quick, like, wit, like, but it's like dry in undertones. Like, if, he's mm-hmm. like somebody, if you if you get him, you like him. If you don't, you'd think he was, as he described himself, quirky and awkward, you know? Yeah, his line for about Debbie on the preview for next week is, I wonder if she has 30 or 40 cats. And it's just perfect because that's, that's – yeah. I have two cats, and I think that makes me a little crazy. I And, you know, I think she looks – that's going to be her title line on the next episode is Crazy Cat Lady, you know, well, not I Red Lobster her, Waitress. Her most interesting comment to me was I she had – she listed like five, six, seven jobs. Mm-hmm. And in between that, she said, I caretake for no one. Yeah. Right. That was interesting. Like, and well, that was interesting because then she turned around, and I can't say she was the most warm and fuzzy to Aubrey mm-hmm. when she had a meltdown, but she was 
she she was as warm as somebody like her could possibly be. Mhm. That's my assessment. For sure. And she wasn't rude, but she wasn't like wicked warm. She was just like, yeah, it's tough. Well, I would have been like, you're going to be okay. I'm telling you, take a deep breath. I like, <laughs> that, that scene made me feel so, you know, I felt so bad for Aubrey because she was just, you know, it wasn't even the physical fatigue. It was just the, the mental fatigue. And, you know, and that's somebody that has, that. Is, that has anxiety sometimes or stress, you know. I've never had a, I, let you me know, tell you something. something like that, but. Every single freaking survivor that goes out there has that anxiety on some level mm-hmm. at some point because that's the other thing is that everybody's watching it and you forget that you're completely dehydrating. You're shitting in the ocean. You're, you have no yep. toilet paper. You're not brushing your teeth. You have no contact with your family. You have no comfort at all. You're sitting on rocks. You're not sitting on chairs. Mm-hmm. Like you're raining. It's getting pelted on. You don't sleep. You're paranoid. Like, there's so many factors that come in that you're looking at that, like, you don't realize that people are experiencing while they're there, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. It's totally out of your element, so. You're totally out of your element. So here you've got this woman that probably is all, like she said, she's all in her head. She probably has con- complete control because she's brilliant at everything that she does. And then you take her out of her regular routine and her regular stuff, and she implodes because, and that's what yep. happens. They go to college. Their parents do everything for them, and then all of a sudden they get there and they can't do their laundry. They can't balance it. They can't do shit because mm-hmm. they're out of their element. You know that's why you know because and, and that's why Survivor is so brilliant. That's why it's still on after 16 years because it it is a basically down to it is one big human experience. Mm-hmm. It's like you watch people just. You take 18 people from 18 different parts of the country, from 18 different um, occupations, 18 different blueprints that took them from zero to 18, whatever made them themselves, and you put them on an island and you say, you take away everything they know, routines, everything, and you go, go survive. And and then you guys, what we all watch it on TV. It's kind of sick that we are watching that so many, I mean, 50 million people watch it in season one. It is a crazy thing to participate in and people watch. It's And it's the most intense. No offense to other shows. There, there, there's difficult components to being in a house for 80 days. That's got to suck at points, but nothing's like Survivor. I mean, you guys are some tough, tough people. So my hat, I'm not wearing, I don't usually wear hats, but my hat wouldn't be off if I wore one to all the cast for the stuff they've had to endure. And, you know, that intensity has led to, you know, some people, you know, having a bow out of the game and, you know, and a lot of the recent seasons, almost every recent season, you know, has had either somebody leave just to be a, a quit or, you know, something crazy happens medically. And we're going to see that. I think this season is, all the promos are talking about there's going to be some serious medical stuff going on in this, in this, this season. And it's just a testament to everyone that no one's gotten really seriously hurt except for scooping out on these islands playing this game. I think Mark yeah, Burnett knew no, early on now. The part, no, but th- that's wrong though, because like Tony almost took his freaking toe off, but they don't show it. Like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no like, 
Yeah. You like Tony took those first couple. If you go back to our season, you'll see that Tony took those two after the first um, challenge. Tony took the next next two challenges off. It wasn't because Tony wanted to take those challenges off. It was because he had like ten stitches in his toe, like right down to the bone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he actually had to shit one night, so he had to keep going in the water, so it never got dry, and he wasn't supposed to go in the water, so it was like it's not funny. But then his it, it never healed, so like, and the, they didn't like they didn't show that, but like Tony was really hurting. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not been any like that. That's a serious injury. I mean, that something you know fatal or. You know, like burning so your like hands they, off, or like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, like yeah. people do really get injured. They do. It's oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You don't like unless they're like falling face in the fire, or like that girl had a bug in her ear and it was bleeding, and nobody came to get her. Like, like that's a pretty. Danny had to hurt. I thought your that was ear, interesting that they didn't have medical come out or show it. Yeah. So. I think Mark Burnett knew, though, back when Eco Challenge was going on, that Survivor was going to be a hit because Eco Challenge got so popular. And people were watching Eco Challenges back before Survivor started. And Eco Challenge got so big. And that's what they were watching back then was people going out in Borneo or whatever, you know, whatever country he chose. And people were going and running races and surviving out in the jungle in teams. Mm-hmm. And people were watching it on TV. That's where Survivor came from, basically. Well, actually, yeah. Survivor came from, they stole the place. Um, it was from Sweden, from Sweden. Yeah, Expedition Robinson, yep. Yeah, there was a, they had a play, it, it, it started in Sweden, and then they got that, and then... And I think they said to Jeff Probst, like, we'll give you, it was sort of like a Tom Brady kind of thing. Um, we'll give mm-hmm. you one year and see how this goes. And the first year, it just completely took off. And here we are 15 years later. I think it just turned yep. into a phenomenon. I mean, it was like, think about it. Like, Survivor was one of the first reality TVs, and now everything's reality TV. They don't even have soap operas on anymore, barely, because. Yep, it's all, all reality. Cable, prime time, network, cable, everything. Everything's crazy. Soap operas and down to where there's only a few. There's only a few left now because it's all reality TV. There's only a few soap operas left on the networks now. I know, and that's all <laughs> started with Survivor. Yep. That's why it's the granddaddy of them all, and it's an amazing, amazing thing. That was. Um, trying to think any other major, major notes because I'm just trying to turn through these notes and get through any other good sound bites or any other key moments. I thought it was immediately the Branch Tribe pretty much isolated Joe and Debbie. So I'm I'm curious if they actually go to uh, Tribal Council anytime soon and what they're going to do. I would imagine they'd go for Joe or Debbie because Pete, I didn't like this line, but he said they're both low-hanging fruit and we need to eat them first. I'm like, that's very visual, but I just thought that was pretty pretty intense. (laughs) You know, see, that's the thing that bothers me about that because even though you're out on an island, you don't have to be mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. You don't have to say that stuff, yeah. You don't have to be mean. You just don't, you know. You don't have to say those kinds of things, you know. 
I mean, I made a couple comments about Morgan's boobs, like when we saw the papayas. I was like, wow, that looks like Morgan's, and that probably was inappropriate, and I apologized to her. And again, mm-hmm. it's a moment to be funny. But, you know, again, those kinds of words hurt, and like, you know, just because somebody's old, it doesn't make them bad. It just makes them... Mm-hmm. Have gone I hate the when they go... You know, like, when they go know, after like, the old people and they haven't even seen how they perform yet, you know, they... They could be two very strong individuals at challenges. They hadn't mm-hmm. even seen how they performed yet when they were already deciding that they were going to be the or first ones to go. Or puzzles or have good endurance yeah. or have good swimmers or, yeah. yeah I think Rudy's one of the toughest guys ever, and he's he's the oldest. And, you know, Rudy was and that a, guy is jacked, man. Jacked. Yeah, I and know. Joe, yeah, Joe's even, Joe makes Rudy look like... You know, he was out of shape and Rudy was in shape, but Joe's in a whole other kind of shape, man. That that guy. Yeah, but Joe's got all. First of all, Joe's got all the life experience. Yeah. That he's got a very calm and kind and like very like in the moment type of personality. I my my guess is Joe goes a long way if they can get Joe to emerge before yep. those unconscious people eat him alive. I think he'll be okay. I, I agree I with you. Because he said he's got, I think he's being an FBI agent. He's seen some, probably seen some crazy stuff. And he said he had street smarts. And I think he has island smarts. I think he, as long as they don't lose too much, I think. This is like going to the candy store for that guy. Yeah. This is like being, this is like being retired and being invited back to like the candy store. That's fun. Because mm-hmm. what he's been through is real life. This is like, this is like, propped up bullshit. Like this he, he dealt mm-hmm. with real life situations. Not just up on a game show. Ah. If they were smart they'd vote him out right now. That's who they'd be voting out if they were smart. Not because he was old, but because he's gonna outsmart, outwit and outplay them all in the end. They keep mm-hmm. him I I agree entirely. And I think you know, the brain tribe, I think this time of your season, the brain tribe was just in all kinds of problems, but they seemed pretty strong here. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe just specific people are different. I don't see any of these people dumping rice in a fire. Maybe. We, we've only seen one episode, but I, I do think this brain brain tribe will get along better and there's less. Even though they're, they're kind of ostracizing, you know, Debbie and Joe, I think they're going to work together better as a unit, and we saw that in the challenge versus uh, – the Brains Tribe, and God, on, that was just a whole kind of train wreck there. <laughs> it really was. But isn't that interesting, though, in this season, though, the Brain won first and the Brawn lost. Mm-hmm. And it was didn't real... tribal, we didn't see Tribal Council for, like, three or four tribals. Yeah. We only, we, we were the last, we didn't see Tribal Council um, till, because uh, Sarah did. No, did Sarah? Remember we merged the first time? We had never Your swap been or, yeah, yeah. And then when then we then when I told convinced Tony that we were voting because I wanted LJ and Jeffra as a new counterpart because I knew Wu couldn't be trusted and I was done with Lindsay and Cliff. So I was like, let's do this. Um, that they uh, shit. I was getting so excited. They. Um, What was I saying? I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. When you go to tribal, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, yeah. 
Denzel. Yes. They didn't have to go to so travel. I, I, I completely, completely lost that train of thought because my daughter, actually, I don't want to interrupt the show, but my daughter's at UMass right now. And uh-huh. she, uh, both my daughters are at UMass right now, and they saw a gunman tonight, so they're under lockdown right now for a while. I'm under this. Um, oh, shoot. Sorry. Yeah, that's, Wow. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. But they're like, so when you, they're they're texting me in while I'm having this interview. So anyways, yeah. It's just going to be not going there for a while. Yeah, that's the disparity between the two different, you know, going day three versus going day 12 or 15, the whole other thing, because you you got a lot more time to build your bonds, and they're just, you know, filling each other out. So Braun, Braun was at a major disadvantage, and, I I didn't I th- I could see the targets pretty quickly. They ended up being the targets when they didn't win immunity. Uh, Alicia and Darnell. I just and the hard part, you know, stereotypically there's some things with African Americans and going on an island. And Darnell was even a former lifeguard, but just losing the goggles and the challenge. And then I thought the weirdest thing Darnell did. It wasn't even like season thirty where people were being exhibitionists. Darnell went to the. It's a natural thing to go to the bathroom, but. From everything I've heard about aqua dumping, you don't do it two feet out into the water. I think I don't know what Darnell was doing. Uh, yeah, from everyone I've talked to, you get a little still, farther away, I, right? I, I still struggle with the idea though that they let him go before um, Alicia, Blondie, Alicia. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I because he is so much clearly stronger. At the at the first part, you want to keep the people that are stronger because you want to win those challenges. You want to come in with the numbers. Mm-hmm. So so there must have been something more going on there. That's how I feel. Because otherwise, I mean, it's like, just to lose mm-hmm. the goggles, like anybody can jump over and lose, lose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she was sketchy. Alicia was like, somebody's like, they're like, we got to make sure he doesn't have an idol. Then I'm like, do you have an idol? She's like, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I'm like, you're on the shopping block. Say, I don't have an idol. I don't have an idol clue. Like, Alicia, I don't know what the hell she's, what she's doing. <laughs> well, she's kind of a loose cannon. She's just going with the fact that she, you know, she's not really thinking it through. That's why I'm thinking mm-hmm. that I, I think it's so, unless she's sort of like a Morgan, like, let's just carry her on because she's an easy boat out. Maybe that's what they're feeling. I think, uh, and the other thing, I think, I, I agree with you that they, I thought they should have gone for Alicia and kept on L, but I think they're wanting to get Sydney on their side, and I think they saw them as a like a two-pair. So I think they were wanting to split that up maybe. And then they could control Alicia maybe, even if she sucks you know in the challenges. That's, that's probably exactly what they were thinking. You know what? It was re- You know what? You just, you just nailed it right there because that was too weird that they voted them out. I'm like, you know what? It does. It is stupid that you, you jumped over and you're left guy. But you know what? Everybody makes those mistakes. If you're that mm-hmm. strong, he's he's a hundred percent stronger than than Alicia. So For sure. In the beginning, you'd keep him because that's what you do. Mhm. I yep. Hundred percent agree. Uh, I want to so let you guys know that Tony did try to call back in, but he just had was a terrible. Well, no, he tried to call back in, but he had a terrible, terrible connection and couldn't hear him. He, he, I don't know where he was calling from, but his connection just was terrible. 
So. Well, maybe next week or he'll be in a different so, place. Yeah. yeah, we'll get him back on there. Tony's, Tony will be Was back. Was that I didn't get his last name. He just said Tony. Oh. But I, um, uh, was, I think it was Tony B. I'm pretty sure. I'm almost certain. I don't. I don't think it was Tony. Tony B. More than welcome to do the show. Tony V. But I think it was Tony B. Is all I have. But um, he, he he really wanted to come on, but he, his connection was just awful. We just couldn't couldn't get a good connection. And so I wanted to let you guys know that he did try calling back in and. The connection just wasn't there for him, so I really regret okay. it. But. He's been on before, and if he wants, he's more than welcome to call in, and maybe there'll just be a better connection. So, and if you want to talk to Trish, I'll, 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 I'll maybe I'll send the question to Trish, and I'll say it next week, whatever he was wanting to talk about. So, we'll, okay. we'll cover him. Just I think it'll be alright. I'll be happy to answer it. But I the. Uh, the challenge was, I thought, was a great first challenge and a little different. It's always neat with the three tribes and the different components and the different options. Uh, what are you going to do? You know, there was an option between doing the puzzle and then stack balls on the, a wobbly beam, and everyone went for the puzzle. And I, I thought that was uh, smart for them all to do the same thing. But, you know, Darnell, huge, huge issue there in the water. Um, but the, every tribe, it was neck and neck for a while. There were, but uh, I was I was really surprised that the brain tribe won. It was, I guess it's stereotypical. You know, people are having meltdowns, and there's these people that are alienating each other, and then they come together at the challenge though, and Aubrey beasts it out like she was the Bobby battle queen. The MVP of that whole challenge. Yeah, she dominated. And it was nice to see that, she, you know, you have that that moment where you're feeling down and then you turn it around and you you do great in the challenge. So it's nice to see the resiliency of her. And I, I'm going to be, she's, she's one of the ones I'm pulling girl. for. Do you expect any less? She skipped a beat. She's at Bostonian. She went for it. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I'm a, I'll root for the Boston girl anytime. So Thanks, <laughs> for <brother>. sure. <laughs> Definitely. And the reward was, not only did you get immunity, but that fire kit—that's not just some flint. They were—they got dry wood, uh, charcoal, uh, fuel. It was a—it was one of the best opening things to get. And then even second place, you know, flint's flint's going to get you a fire eventually. But that fire kit—that's going to keep them keep them safe for a long time. I've never seen that yeah, like charcoal and kerosene and all that. Yeah, but I'm thinking the elements must be pretty tough because they started them off with a lot of food. They started them off with the chicken. They started them off mm-hmm. with a lot of food. Like, they don't normally do that. Like, fruit. Yeah. They said, he said it's going to be one of the hardest. They must have put them in some pretty difficult elements, I think. Yeah, Cambodia is going to be pretty, pretty rough. And I, Yeah. Which was interesting that the, uh, the beauty people ended up with, I think, two chickens and Thai. I don't know if there's a big chicken population in San Francisco, but um, is he the one that suggested to tie the chickens together so they'd calm down and just kind of walk around camp? And it actually, I didn't think that was going to work. I thought two chickens together would go do something crazy, but they just kind of just walked around and were pretty. I thought that pretty... was so cool. But, you but I think it's going to be. It's like, why not? Yeah, and I think at some point when they go to eat that chicken, I think it could be pretty dramatic, but 
Yeah, I thought it was a really smart play, for sure. Oh, my God, we had to kill a chicken out there when we were, oh, my God, it was the grossest thing. It was the grossest thing. Jeffra and Elte, they, and, and, uh, and Tony deheaded it, and then the thing ran around. It was awful. It was gross. And then we had to cook it, and we had to eat it. And I'm telling you, I was chewing it, and I knew I had to eat it because I knew I needed the protein, but it was like, and it, it wasn't even that I was a vegetarian. It was just like the fact that I saw that thing, and then. You, know, you knew that chicken, not like KFC where you don't know the chicken. Like, you yeah, knew that chicken. like I looked at that thing, guys. That has to be it, rough. And you can't really that be another It was, it was one of the grossest yeah. moments of my life. But yet, at the same time, we were toasting for gratefulness because we were so grateful to have the food. Yep. Because we were starving. And that protein is going to be... That uh, has to be hard. Protein's pretty much all I've been eating for like five months post-surgery, so I can imagine not having protein than having some, the, the, the energy. Oh, no, but it wasn't and, even like protein. It was like, it was like the chewiest... Well, not ideal, yeah. It, it sounds gross, like, and it's a little so scrawny like, chicken, yeah. And then somebody made the comment, like, it must have been an old chicken, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Please keep this down. <laughs> oh, God. They only keep it down. So maybe it was, I thought it would be good, but I guess it wasn't one of our American chickens. It was the Filipino chicken that was nasty. Oh, it was so gross. And then Tony was trying to, remember Tony, oh, my God, did they show when Tony was trying to invent the romantic scene with the chickens uh, that I, they would lay eggs? He's uh, like, I think they showed romantic. that, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's create a romantic scene for these chickens. <laughs> yeah. I have some inappropriate jokes with a chicken, but I won't say any of them, but yeah. Yeah, but the romance, the chicken romance. Yeah, you get them to lay the eggs. <laughs> uh, and the last note I had before the next time on Survivor was, for the first time in 32 seasons, to my knowledge, I should know this is a super fan, but I think it's true. The first tie at the first tribal. I think that's the case. Um. I don't think we've seen that, and I don't. I should be able to fact check myself, and I I didn't look this up, but I'm pretty sure first tie and then a revote. So Darnell and Alicia both got three votes. Uh, Darnell Darnell voted for Alicia. Sydney did, and Jason did. So and I thought that was wait. Who did Jason vote for? Uh, Jason voted for Alicia the first time. So I don't know if they were just trying to make sure there were no idols. I don't know you, if they were. That, I'm telling you that whatever that what he whatever he said, Parnell, that affected him. I saw yeah. it in his face, and he and then he re, and then he reconsidered. But he yeah. he's got a good he's a Tony. He's got a good heart. I guarantee it. Yeah. So then the revote, and then Darnell gets all four votes. Darnell goes home. And I mean, I, maybe maybe this is what sunk Darnell, maybe because he was so open about his past life experience. But then Jeff said, "If you're going to talk the talk, you need to walk the walk." So maybe maybe Darnell was 
telling people like maybe like a Debbie all this stuff he could do and maybe it wasn't coming forward. I guess maybe yeah, I don't know. I don't. Down to Forty-two minutes. There was something else going on. But I yeah. think that your theory is pretty good. Your 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 conspiracy theory is pretty good though. What you said before was that they didn't want to um, that they wanted to break up. Uh, Sydney and Darnell. Yeah. yeah, and that would have been a smart move because they were. They were they they would have known that they would have been you know transpiring to be a connection and they probably saw mm-hmm. them talking and you know you don't know what conversations are going on behind and what other people have seen and gone back to and you know there's a lot mm-hmm. of inside stuff that goes on that you don't see. For sure, for sure. And that was it. Then we got the promo, and I, I already talked about the interesting thing. I don't know what was going on with Ty and Caleb. Interesting <laughs> little bit. I, Ty went to kiss Caleb, and I, that's just uh, oh, just something. Oh, we Caleb. Can I, I, I hope I haven't kept you guys too long, but I absolutely love Caleb. Okay. <laughs> Beast Mode Cowboy. Yes, let's talk about him. But I lo- Metrosexual but I like, Caleb. Uh, but I feel right now my favorite is Neil. Oh yeah, Neil's him. interesting, and Neil's done. A, Neil's had an interesting life. He, I mean, Alicia's talked about a bunch of stuff she's done, but Neil, looking at his bio, he's done some pretty interesting things. And he wouldn't. I, I just don't know. He just he, you know started an ice cream company. Just something interesting. See, he that's he was why very, I was, I'm like that's why I didn't read into the pre bios. I just want to get my own feel for them. And I, that, he's my favorite as of this moment. All right. Who's your favorite, Sherry? About Caleb. He's a running, he's a running <laughs> second, and so is um, uh, the tattoo guy that we were just talking about. Oh, uh, Jason, Jason. Jason. Arch, yeah. Yeah, I like uh, Jason too. I don't, I agree with Trish. I like both of them. Um, Jason has to have one incredible sense of humor. Anybody yeah, that definitely. tattoos a, a huge boombox on their belly, that yeah, cracks me up every time I see it. I mean, I laugh every time I see his tummy. It's like this huge, it's not a little tattoo. It's a tattoo that goes all the way across from side to side, this huge boombox. And anybody that would put, choose that as a tattoo to go from your, one side to the other, this huge boombox, you know, it has to have some sort of incredible sense of humor. Oh, and, yeah. I'd say for my favorites, I'd agree. I like, I like Jason for the uh, Braun tribe, for the brains, I guess Aubrey, and then Me for too. the... Uh, for the beauty, I'm going to go with probably Anna, just because I think she's a very smart woman, and I think she's going to do really well. So. I love Aubrey. I love Neil. Yeah. I like. It's going to be. I think that it's a. I think it's just like Survivor is. It's like we start out with like, who are these people, and by the end we're like, wow, whoa, woo, yikes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the girl with the bug in her ear. Um. Oh, she might have been with me, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny, Jennifer, Jenny. She's I liked her a lot yeah. too. So I, I like her. She might. She's she's yeah. She's a solid, solid, solid lady for sure. 
if she can put up with that and hang tight, you come back. And as, yeah, as soon as that bug came out of her ear, she was like, I'm down for 39 days. Let's go. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, she can hang tight with that bug crawling in her ear and making her ear bleed like and giving her that much pain. And she didn't call oh, no. medics. And, yeah. And as soon as she got that thing out of there, she was like, 39 days, let's go. I'm good, you know. Let's go, I'm good, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, find, you find strength you don't think you have. or Like even Aubrey, look at her. She's having a complete mental meltdown. And that girl turned around, came back, killed the challenge, killed the puzzle. And was yep. like, it just, that's what's so amazing. It's a, it's a human experience. It's like, it's, it's, it's human behavior at its best. It's like that yep. girl dug freaking deep. Mm-hmm. And yep, you will so. find the best and the worst of people out there. And that's why I tell people all the time on the show, don't judge people completely yep. on how they are on, on the shows because it's not a natural environment that they're in out there, you know? They've had mm-hmm. everything they've ever known stripped from them. And, you know, they're around strangers. They've got cameras in their faces. They're, you know, everything no they've food, ever known. No food, no water, no away comfort, from them. Yeah. yeah. Everything, you know. And oh, so wait until they're off anxiety. the show. Yeah, wait until they're off the show and see how they conduct their, themselves in their real life and then make judgment on them. You know, but don't judge them completely on how they are on the show. Because that's but not yet at the natural. same time, you have to understand, though, too, that people kept saying while we were out there, this isn't who I am. And I was like, this isn't who you are without food and water. Like, that's the difference. Like, we all want mm-hmm. to go on and survive and go, well, this isn't how I am in my real world. Like, Aubrey said so poetically, like, I wish you could meet me in my real world. Because her real world is not that world and that world is so different it's like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like all of a sudden it's like how well do you adapt like you know what I mean like and she did turn it right. around but it is like people want to say oh this isn't who I am that isn't who she was that, no, that her, she was completely confused and, and dehydrated and hot and she wanted her family, and she wanted whoever brings her comfort, and she wanted a phone call, whatever. And then all of a sudden, she fell freaking dark, and then she was like, "Fuck it, man! I uh, I came all this way, and I've been. Yep. Like, I'm I'm going to found it. her inner strength. So yeah, she, she yep. found that inner strength. She dug deep, and she's a nerd, and she turned it around. And I'm like, you know what? Good for her, because you know, mm-hmm. there's never. It's never too late, as as Jeff says. This game is never over. Yep. yep. So that you fire can make a move anytime. Yep. You can throw your torches snuffed, and if it's Redemption Island, you still right. have a chance. So yeah. That's right. It's so fun. It's a I great love game. it. <laughs> well, what's next, Trish? I know we're we're about to wrap up here, but. Yeah, what, are you hitting any of the events this season, or uh, you know, who are you still in contact with from Kagayan, or what's going on? Okay, so for me, um, I got a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. I keep in touch with Tony, of course, 
Sarah, Jeffra, Jeremiah, LJ, Center, Bryce, and David Sampson. Okay. Um, and um, those guys, we all had a great, like, group interview today because I texted them all this morning because I get up really early to go to work, so I texted them all and was like, what do you guys think? And do you think these, this cast can hold the Kansas and West? By the time I got to reach my phone, I had, like, 32 messages. They were all like, oh, I was cracking up. It was so funny. It was hysterical. And um, so that's one beautiful thing that came out of um, Survivor is sort of being like a little kid. You go away to camp and, you know, you go Mm -hmm. away and you have this similar experience and somehow you bond on that and, and then forever you'll always be there for each other, you know? Give a new family. for sure. And, and, and one of the best experiences for me, I'll have to tell you, is like I'm coming up on going to a reality rally in um, California, mm-hmm. in Temecula, California. And I've always been somebody that would rather, I'd rather, I'd rather have myself bleed to death than you bleed to death. And um, the best thing for me is, been able to go be invited to these wonderful um, give back events, charity events, things, yeah. events that yeah. like breast cancer and um, children's cancer and uh, mm-hmm. it's it just it, it, the the idea that I could go there and somebody wants my autograph is still is mind blowing to me but the idea that I can go there and give my time because that's basically all I have at this moment and to be able to raise money and give back because I was chosen. It is just really something that I would never have been able to portray for myself as something that like I, it was something that I would have been left to have been able to go out and seek myself, but yet it was given to me on my lap and it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing, like, and to be able to sit here and talk about this and then to meet these people moving forward and to find out for their lives. And it, it's, it's just, Survivor is just one of those things that, like, even when it will die at some point because all good things do come to an end, that's just mm-hmm. the reality of reality. Um, people will show their grandchildren and their grandchildren and be like, this is my mother or this is my sister. Mm-hmm. So when those tapes come out. So it's, it's, it's a phenomenon that will just keep going on and on and on. And for me personally, I still have people like now inboxing me on my Facebook, like people that I went to college with, like we actually stopped every week, every Wednesday, like when we were mm-hmm. visiting hockey and lacrosse and, and said every Wednesday we have a date to Christmas. And I brought families together like every week and they will always be able to look back and go, remember when your mother, your, your friend was on Survivor, that yeah. the girl you played soccer with or the girl you ran a marathon with or the girl you partied with or whatever. Um, to have that, you know, it's just like, that's so fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Legacy. That's a legacy. So cool. It's an amazing thing. And then bonds, even for the non-cast, it's amazing the rapport I've gotten to build with people, including you. I just need to, you know, see everybody at different events and just the camaraderie between even the cast has it, but the fans with the fans and the cast with the fans and all that. It's, and the things it's that an amazing people thing. want to do, 
like Jillian Larson has gone gone on the Reality Valley and Omar and 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 um, children mm-hmm. the Florida event. And I mean, it's just yep. like, it, it's just Bob's event. Up. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing. Kids, kids Do you mind if I play it's a little like, clip from Jillian? Crazy. We have a mm-hmm. clip from Jillian that um, we have of her announcing Reality Rally. If you don't mind, I'd love to play it. Go Let's ahead. Share it, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, that Here woman we go. Yeah. Is, I'm telling you. This is a beautiful clip. You'll love it. Give the, chills, give the kids the world unbelievable people. We've yeah. got a clip coming a from them. When they, they did the show two weeks ago. They'll, they'll be having one soon. I'll send it to you once we've seen it. So. They're gonna they're gonna make one too. Yeah. Cancer don't discriminate. Care if you're just thirty eight. This is Joyan from Survivor and as you know from Reality Rally. And we do the most amazing event every April in Temecula, California, raising money. We call it Funds for Funds and the Money Goes to Michelle's Place, which is a breast cancer resource center providing services and support for men and women and their families who are fighting the fight of their lives with breast cancer. I encourage everybody to go to realityrally.com. The event this year is April 7th, 8th, and 9th, 2016. We are part of what we do. We have parties at wineries. We have an amazing race kind of game. We have autograph signing, and it is all for fun for Michelle's place, but it is also for the public to come and meet over 110 reality stars from about 42 different reality shows, and you get to meet them and have fun all weekend meeting them, taking pictures of Come on down at realityrally.com. It's April 11th, 12th, and 13th. That's what my love is for. In your week, I'll be strong. You let go. We have fun for everybody. People can sponsor, donate, volunteer, enjoy it, play a game, come to parties, support our sponsors. And I always have to thank the Rad Reality Show who has been on board helping us promote this event since 2010. Without them, there would be people that would know nothing about it. So Manic Monday, thank you for what you do and also the other Rad Reality Shows that we've had the opportunity to be on. So thank you, Rad Reality Show. We love you guys. It's realityrally.com and this is Jillian from Survivor and Reality Rally thanking everybody for what you do to make this such a reality every year as we help save the lives. I'm gonna love you through Awesome. That woman is an earth angel. Oh, yeah. I know she is. She is an angel on this earth. Yes, she is. Well, pass it on. Uh, Trish, pass it on to the Cagayan folks. Any of them are more than welcome to do this if they're available. I have messaged many of them. Sarah but, Lucina um, would love to do it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I could get LJ. Let me know. Whatever you want. Yeah. Yes, in the promo, whenever we wouldn't want everyone on at the same time, but I mean, if it's staggered, I'd love this whole season to feature one or two Kagayan as we go, and then when we run out of Kagayan people, we'll 
We'll pull another cast from other seasons, you know. I, usually... I know that Sarah Latina would love to do it. Yeah, I think she's trying to get her schedule figured out. I, I, we've been talking, and, um, you know, Spencer's, you know, thought about it, and he's just trying to get his, you know, when he can do it. And, you know, Cass has done it before, but I think she's kind of burnt out from the show. So I don't know if she'll do it again. I think she's, but, a, she's done with Survivor. Yeah, so that's understandable, but we'll get some other people in the mix for sure. So, and that's yeah, how I'll Tony talk. is, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Tony's just done. Well, I hope I hope to get Tony on. He's the only winner I think that's not on my winner's buff. For some reason, I, didn't, I don't know if he was at the last after party. He doesn't do any of that stuff anymore. He's just inundated with his kids and stuff, you know? Well, that's important, yeah. But I'm, at some point, I'm going to mail him the buff so he can sign it so all the winners can be on it, not just everyone except for Tony, because I think he had a great little dominant game. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But... We appreciate well, your thank time. Thank you so and much. This is awesome. I love you. You're an awesome guy. You look fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's over 140 pounds. I'm just trying to Good lose more. Good for you, more. brother. Yeah. Oh, Big Mike's the thing I'll never lose, but I'm definitely transforming who I am uh, physically and psychologically. So we'll Good see. Good for you. <laughs> and it is. But thank it's you. An inside, it's an inside job. Oh yeah, it's a work in progress. We're we're yeah. under construction, but you can see some of the floors on the top of the building looks pretty good. But we're still working on the basement. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. But thank you. Well, let's keep in touch, and whatever I can do to help you, I'm sure Jeffrey would. I, if you need someone to from Kankan, I can help you with any of the people I listed. Oh, for sure, yeah. I'll probably send you a message, and I can send you just – I've communicated with many, but, yeah, I can send you the same message or a different message or whatever we need to get some more Kagayan people. So, And if they want to do it together, that's cool, too. So, All right. That's good talking to Thank you. All right. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Take care. All righty. Thank you, Trish. Yeah. Thank you. What a great guest! I just adore her. Phenomenal, yes. We've this whole this whole run here has been pretty pretty strong. So I'm gonna work with work with Trish and you know reach out to Sarah and some of the other guys and gals and you know get, keep get the you know keep bringing the Kagayan folks in because I think I've messaged almost everybody except for the ones that I I guess I could tweet woo. I'm not really a big Twitter guy, but yeah. So it's coming along. Looking forward to next week. And I hope we get the promo. I'll reach out to Lee and Mike if they've not sent anything in because I definitely want to, you know, if we can do like a minute or, you know, 45-second promo for them too once we get their information. But I don't have anyone to announce for – Next week, because it's not still been lined up, but it should be a good episode. And I, this whole season, I'm looking forward to. I know it's going to be a great season. The Survivor is incredible. You know, I thought it was going to be tough to follow, and it, it is tough to follow last season. You know, Second Chances is a tough season to follow, but this season looks awesome. And I think they're pulling this in right away with, you know, a great show right from the start. 
And uh, I, I don't think it's going to be hard to follow, you know, right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be people we gravitate to, towards and people we want to root against and root for and people that probably switch between the two. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a great season. I can't wait to, you know, meet these other 15 people and be smoked cowboy included. So, <laughs> yeah, not my favorite, but I hope he does well. And he's definitely, he's always interesting TV. So I, I will definitely agree with that. Absolutely. And I think he's got a good heart. You know, he's, he's been out there, fought for our country and, uh, he does well. So, guess we're about to wrap this one up. Um, I want to remind everybody to join us Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central for the Amazing Race Second Pit Step Show with Luis Stravato as our host from Season 16 of the Amazing Race. I don't know who his guest will be this this Sunday, but he usually has a guest from the Amazing Race of one of the seasons coming on to join him. And then on Monday, for the Manic Monday show, also at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, for the Manic Monday show with Michelle Casta from Big Brother Season 10. And this Monday, Michelle has Sasha Horn and I believe Suzette Amaya from Big uh, Big Brother Canada coming on. So two very big guests coming on uh, to join her this Monday. And so it's going to be another big show for Michelle Costa. So make sure you're back here with us on both Sunday and Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. We're going to wrap this show up with Ron, as we always do. Make sure you're back here again on Thursday night to join us with Big Mike Albright. He's not very big Ooh. anymore, but he's I'm uh, still a big guy. There's a lot. There was a lot there, and I even was 140 lost. I'm still a large man, so that's fine. But Mike's the he's best. He's big so. in the survivor. <laughs> he's he's big in the survivor world, and always will be. That's that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves him in the survivor world. So True. That's a very true statement. (laughs) Absolutely. I know. I'm not gonna say anything on air I'm I'm gonna get called out for. (laughs) No, they all think I'm beautiful. Like I said about Wentworth, that's what all the fans think in the cast, so (laughs) The Beauty Tribe. Anchored by me on se- the third time in season thirty-eight. So, <laughs> just wait anything else see. before we close? I don't I'm think I so have anything else. Well, thank you so I'm... much. I actually need to go. I still I haven't gotten my walk in today. I need to go do my two miles today after this. So I'm getting excited for that. When I read your post the other day about you walking in that snow, I couldn't believe it. I can't imagine you out there walking in all that snow and blizzard-like conditions. It was so cold. That's some dedication, babe. I got to give you all the kudos in the world. That's dedication well, to the what fire's you're doing. been lit under my ass, and I'm, you know, burning this off as soon as I can. So, <laughs> I'm just so proud of you, and 
like I said in my, my post to you, that's just a little peek letting us see into how much dedication you do have into what you're doing and just so mm-hmm. proud of you for what you're doing. So I'm glad you told that story and let us all have a little insight into, you know, the the dedication that you're putting forth and, and what it's taking to get there. And God bless you for what you're doing, and I'm just so happy for you. So Well, thank you. Keep at it. I know you're going to make it. I know you got this. And uh, so happy for you. So you take care of yourself, get your walk in, and we'll be talking soon. And all right, and we'll be back here together on Thursday. Sounds good. All right, too soon. All right, all right. We're gonna close it with one. Good night, babe. Night. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. bless you and thank you for listening to the show and it was a great one it was a great one you and Trisha had a lot to talk about and I loved having her on so say good night out there Mike good night everybody that's a wrap